Hey everybody, this is Sam with West Virginia Overtime, and this is going to kind of be the first episode looking at different teams around the state. I am in the process of trying to get upcoming um, team previews for teams up in the mountains like East Hardy or uh, Tucker, Malcolm, uh, who else is up there? Uh, Gilmer, Jefferson, all of them. And I'm trying to get some on Fairmont, Bridgeport, Clarksburg, uh, Morgantown. And I'm not having a whole lot of luck. So I'm sending out th- this out into internet space that someone will send me some articles about what's going on. Because I don't want to go off of last year. And I'll explain that in a minute. But my email is pro, or excuse me, wv overtime at gmail.com you can try to send them to me through facebook a lot of times for some reason um pictures don't come through i don't know why because it takes you to messenger and i should be able to pull them up no problem but sometimes it does sometimes it doesn't um twitter dms I can get pictures, I can get links, but a lot of times it has problem with um, huddle highlights. So I know that wvovertime at gmail.com, it takes everything. So I know that I was, I'm going to quickly, hopefully, tell you about this, I know that I told, well, pretty much all of you on social media that I wanted to know your opinion about Spotify green rooms, that they were a lot like Clubhouse, and Fireside just came out, Twitter Spaces, um, I think the ones on... Facebook are called audio rooms, I think. Well, I decided to test it before I got a bunch of you guys in there. Because testing it with other podcasts, I don't know a lot of them. However, with West Virginia Overtime, it's almost our third birthday. I can't believe that. Um, or our second birthday, actually. Started in 2019. And I've gotten to know a lot of you. Even if it's just back and forth on a chat program or through Twitter or Reddit or whatever. I, I kind of feel like I know some of you. And then, of course, there's people in real life that I obviously know. 
And so I tested it out on Wednesday, and I tested it out again on Friday. Like I said, another podcast. It has unlimited people that can come in and listen. It's an audio only. Um, some people wrote me and said, I, I don't want to go in there because I don't want people to see me. People aren't going to see you. It's People aren't even going to see me. It, it's strictly audio only. So, as many of you would like, can come in. However, there can only be... 10 speakers plus me up on what they call a stage that can talk. What I found out with my two tests was I had topics that we were going to talk about. <clears throat> Actually, the one on Friday night, was we were all supposed to be watching a TV show together and talking about what was happening on that? <coughs> Excuse me. And how it would affect things in the future. Well, that lasted for about 15 minutes. Because there were people in there that knew each other. And I let about four or five people up that were able to talk at the same time. And... They didn't mean to, but they thought a person was done, and they would talk, and then both of them were talking over each other. Then two friends got up there and proceeded to have their own conversation about having nothing to do with the topic. So that was weird. But what I was thinking... Especially if we do these on Saturday. Uh, I was thinking sometime Saturday afternoon maybe. Everybody could come in and talk about the previous Friday night's game. And, you know, if somebody wanted was there or someone wanted to say something about that game or wanted to even ask questions about that game then all you have to do is request, I hit accept, and you can start talking. And I I think people enjoy that. And they can mute themselves, or they can go back to listening. They don't have to stay up there the whole time or anything like that. And so I said we were going to have one this weekend, about most anticipated games coming up. And I had some people write, oh, we want it on Saturday due to this. And then there were some people saying, well, our kids got a game or we got to go do this or we got to be this way or whatever. And I really didn't want to wait to the last minute and say, I'll be in here in an hour. Because I know that that's not something that you guys want to do. I am going to go ahead and tell you, don't come in for a minute and a half and be like, ah, oh, they're talking about Bluefield. 
I don't want to talk about Bloomfield and just leave. No plan to be in there, you know, a couple minutes because I'm sure we're going to talk about Bluefield, maybe five minutes, and then we'll be on, you know, Bridgeport, and then we'll talk about them, and we'll be on Dodgers. I think the Saturday ones, guys, I I really think it's going to be people wanting to find out what is going on in other parts of the state? And trying to make sure everybody knows about their their team, their kids, their coach, or whatever. Now, I've already said, though, and I will continue to say when we get in there, you can't say anything bad about the kids. I will not put up with it. They're underage. Some of them don't have a lot of experience. Um, no, we're not going to play. We lost the game because of this sophomore and this freshman. We're, we're not doing it. You know, it's just not going to happen. So, I just kind of wanted to make sure you guys knew why we didn't get together this weekend. As you saw the title of this episode, I felt it was only fair for me to do this team first. Some of you saw my statement about this team last year. Uh, Some of you saw... A lot of fans, especially on Twitter, calling me out for it. Uh, Some of you saw my apology. And then some of you didn't and have no clue what I'm talking about. Last year was horrific. Um, Yes, I feel bad for boys and girls basketball not getting to crown a state champion, not getting to finish their tournaments. Who I feel the most hurt and sorry for, frustrated for them, were, you know, baseball, softball, track, tennis. Um, What else goes on in the spring? I feel like I'm leaving something out. Um, anyway, write me and tell me what it is. But I feel sorry for those kids. They didn't even get to have a season. Um, a lot of schools didn't even get to practice. And for us to not know whether we were going to have a football season or what rules they were going to change, the mask wearing policy, who could come to games was changing week by week, um, how you had to purchase your tickets, and, you know, it, it all turned out to be craziness. But then, when they added the map in there, like, 
I should have looked up the date, but it was like two weeks, maybe two and a half weeks before the season started. And no one truly knew how it was going to affect certain teams. Well, I think Winfield, who is the first team that I'm doing, really caught the short end of the stick. As far as they had a really, really young team. They had a team of fans and parents that wanted them to play, wanted them to win, wanted them to be able to have a full season, especially the parents of the seniors and the seniors themselves. But everyone knew going in to the season of 2020, Winfield was going to be very inexperienced. They were going to be young. They had a slew of sophomores. And... Them fitting together with the seniors and the juniors that were on the team. How is that going to be? There were a lot of question marks. But I don't think anyone expected them to go 0-6 like they did. This was their first winless season since 1996. They... When you tack on the two last games of 2019, Winfield is going into the 2021 season with an eight-game losing streak, which to Winfield fans is awful and almost completely unacceptable. Now, we all know that Things cycle in West Virginia in high school sports and how about every six to eight years you get a really good team for a couple years and then you go through a team of some hard years and then you build it back up. And I made probably the mistake. Uh, at the time that I did it, I, I didn't feel like it was a mistake. Everyone in southern West Virginia was hearing what everyone else was doing, what people were pulling, uh, the reasons. And... It was becoming a free-for-all. It was almost like schedules didn't matter. And Putnam County's COVID-19 numbers, they just wouldn't cooperate. 
And so all Putnam County teams had an awful September. They didn't get to play until the last week of September. So they actually missed, I think, four games. And as soon as Putnam County got to a caller where they could play, all the teams were on the phone. And what was happening were, were newspaper reporters, TV reporters, journalists, uh, people that were close to certain teams, managers or the chain gang or people in the press box or parents were talking. And they were saying, you know, we've called this team and this team and this team and nobody will play us. And then other people were saying, well, we called you and you turned us down. And so... That's kind of what happened. And I took a lot of things kind of the wrong way because for three weeks I felt like a lot of Winfield fans were very upset that they weren't getting to play, they weren't getting to practice at times. Sometimes they were getting to practice for, you know, a week and then they were getting shut down. And so when I heard pretty much from three or four coaches, and they're not usually known as liars, that they had called and Winfield had told them no. And they said they did not want to get their players hurt. And I talked to a parent that was, I guess, I don't know whether his kids are in elementary school or middle school. But he said, you know, it was going through the Winfield community that they had to play their first game against Fairmont Senior and how great they were, that they didn't want to play a AAA team or a team that was super good in A because they did not want to take the chance of getting hurt or getting killed because they were so young, so inexperienced. Well, I shot my mouth off, and I'll be the first one to tell you. I got upset, and I sat down and wrote basically what was an opinion piece at West Virginia Overtime. Now, I've done that several times, and people have gotten upset about it. But I don't know that anyone has gotten this upset as what the Winfield Generals did and their parents and their fans and the kids. 
And I just really felt like they overreacted. Looking back on what I wrote and calling their coach a chicken for not wanting to play, that he would rather the seniors not play a game than take a loss. And that's what I was mad about. Was for all anybody knew, they could play that last week of September, but what if the first week of October we're back red and we can't play? And I don't think people were really thinking that. I think they thought once Putnam County was good, they would stay good. Well, they didn't. Uh, they say good for, you know, a couple weeks, but I don't think that was taken into consideration. Here, Putnam County has been, I guess it was gold, and then they went into red, and then they went back to, to gold, if I remember correctly. I'm doing this off the top of my head. But they hadn't been able to play for four weeks. All we know is they've got this week. Because for all we know, next week, Putnam County's going to turn gold, be gold again, be red, be red, be red, be gold, be gold, be red. And maybe the whole county only plays one game the entire season. And it just hit me the wrong way that there were seniors on that team that there was a possibility that if they didn't play this one week, someone, then they might not get to play at all. So the opinion piece that I wrote was kind of smart-alecky. It also, like I said, called their coach, Craig Snyder, a chicken for not wanting to play wherever, whenever, whoever. <clears throat> they started getting flack from other teams, from other coaches. And, you know, after listening to parents talk to me through Facebook Messenger, through Twitter DMs, or just flat out on Twitter, one of them talked to me on Reddit, and hearing their side of things, I didn't go over to their side. I didn't like their arguments. But I finally came to the conclusion, and I said that in my apology. If the parents are okay with it, and the parents were telling me the kids were okay with it, then who am I as an outsider to call them out? 
It was basically none of my business. If they want to turn teams down and not play a game, they have every right to do that. So, of course, it wasn't the only game they ended up playing. They ended up playing six games. Like I said, they ended up being 0-6. The only Cardinal Conference opponent that they got the chance to play was their rival, which is Polka. And they ended up playing them twice. And of course, Winfield was yelling that no one else in the Cardinal Conference would play him. I think what a lot of people didn't hear was Coach James Barker down there um, in Logan Chapmanville yelling, all of us will play you. But because of the stupid map, we can't. Uh, Logan Mann, uh, Logan Mann, Chapmanville, um, there was somebody else down there. Mingo Central. I knew I was forgetting someone. They said, we'll play anybody, anywhere, anytime. When we get our collars straightened up on the mile. So, on October 2nd. (coughs) Excuse me. On October 2nd, Winfield finally... Got to play their first game. They opened up with Fairmont Senior. At the time, because the map had been good to Fairmont Senior, they had already played three games. Their powerhouse that had recently stepped down to double A. They'd been double A before. They'd been popped up to triple A. They'd been back down to double A. And... Everybody knew they were one of the top teams in the state. They had played three games. Winfield hadn't played any. And they were young. And Fairmont Senior ended up being the eventual state champions of AA. And they didn't slow down on Winfield. And I know a lot of people were a little upset with that. They beat Winfield 59-28. to 28. And um, I think maybe that is probably one of the reasons they're not going to be playing them this year unless they hit them in the playoffs. Because this year... All of those sophomores that took, you know, all the hits and and couldn't do, maybe didn't understand schemes or sets or formations or whatever, they now know them. They're, <coughs> excuse me, Winfield is ranked number 10, starting out in double A. Sorry about that. Um, I know my voice just faded. 
Um, Winfield's ranked number 10 right now preseason in AA. This year they're going to start their schedule on August 27th. They're going to be at Hurricane. I don't know what Hurricane is ranked because um, I have only did the single A and double A rankings. I've got those wrote down, but I don't have the triple A ones. <clears throat> I would expect that Hurricane would be probably in the top 10, top 15. On September 3rd, they're at home against number 7, Herbert Hoover. On September 10th, they go to Chapmanville to play number 32, Chapmanville. On September 11th, they have number 20, Wayne, at home. On September 24th, they have number 34, Logan, at Logan, October 1st, they have an open date. It's their bye week. And then the following week, coming off their bye week, on October 8th, they play at number 3, Polka. On October 15th, they are at home against number 15, Sissonville. And then October 22nd, they have number 33, Nitro, at home. At October 29th, they go to number 35, Scott. And then they finish their season up at home on November 5th, playing number 5, Point Pleasant. So as you can see, after playing six games last year and all of them making the playoffs, they've got a little bit easier schedule this year. Uh, I mean, they've got a stretch where they play 32, number 20, number 34. And then... They have a stretch where they play number 33 and number 35. So, if people got the rankings right, that's at least five wins for them this season. They've got a lot of... And I do mean a lot. When you pull up the roster on WVSSAC, they have a lot of juniors in a lot of key positions. And one of those key positions is quarterback. They have junior Bryson Brown, who's six foot, 185 pounds, coming by for them. He didn't get a lot of prep time last year 
Coach Snyder talked about how they ended up, when he was looking back through his calendar, missing about one-third of all the practices they should have had. And that was just due to COVID numbers. But Brown last year was, uh, he completed 50 passes out of the 143 for 555 yards. He had three touchdowns and 11 interceptions. And Coach Snyder talked very highly of him. He said that they had spent three weeks of the summer period on better development in throwing the ball. I didn't think Brown last year had a bad throwing motion or that he had happy feet or anything like that. I think sometimes his line didn't always block as well for him as he would have liked. And on a lot of the streaming games that I watched, I really couldn't tell whether or not on some of his interceptions it was his fault by throwing a wounded duck or having laser focus on his receiver or it was his receiver's fault by not running the correct route the correct way. So those kind of fixes coaches should be able to do with kids and get them up to speed, hopefully. <coughs> <coughs>